What's up, YouTube? We are back doing some emails, some question and answer. We got four emails today, two of them positive, two of them questions. Mm -hmm. um, got a little bit of discussion to be had first. Uh, but before we get into that, I would like to just quickly disclaim that we are not licensed professional therapists. We are two people with an opinion. Take it with a grain of salt if you wish to do so. Mm -hmm. If you find value in what we're doing, please share it with your friends. That's the, the easiest way to help us grow. Second easiest way to help us grow is to join us on Patreon where we have exclusive content. Uh, live live streams and tomorrow we're actually doing our first live Zoom call with somebody over there. We are. So that'll be interesting. It will be recorded <clears throat> and posted only to Patreon. Too. Correct. That that is correct. Mm -hmm. Bob, tell her what she's won. <laughs> um. So with that being said, we're both a little under the weather, but we're recording anyways. Um, it has been a very interesting week. It has. I'm exhausted. Same. Same. <laughs> We traded in two of our vehicles yesterday for one and then got a flat tire on the way home. Yeah. And ended up with not one, but two holes in the same tire. Mm -hmm. From and, the same screw. Yeah. And changing a tire on the side of I-75 in Florida with semis driving by your truck while it's on a jack that's this wide on the base. Yeah. And the whole thing is going like this every time something drives by is very sketchy. You did great. <coughs> well, I mean, I, I was able to successfully change a tire. Yeah. It's been 15 years since I've had to do that. It had, had I been by myself, I'd have 100% called a tow truck. It's hot outside. It is hot uh, outside. And, and I'm, I'm kind of a, a diva in that aspect. <laughs> I don't want to sit out there and I'm fat and I'm sweaty. And You're I, not and I, and I have bronchitis, so I wasn't feeling well. All kinds of nonsense. I would have 100% called a tow truck if I was by myself. <laughs> I'm about to give you a compliment. Before I give you that compliment, I need you to take back that negative self-talk that you just did. Uh, I don't remember which one. You said you're fat. I am. I have all of this. You have loose skin from a massive weight loss. I have I have belly fat too. I do. I'm husky. How about that? Chunky? Chunky. <laughs> I like them big. Yeah? Chunky? Does that work? Did you hear that? I did hear that. See, even it's talking shit. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were absolutely miserable yesterday. I was fucking miserable. Uh F word. It was really nice seeing, seeing you change that tire. You lifted up. He, he just picked up this flat tire like it was a toddler <laughs> well, and tossed not. it into the trunk. So the issue that I had yesterday wasn't that I had to change a tire. That's easy. Right. It's, it's the, the, fact that it's it's the, the heat and it's the jack and everything going like this when right. semis drive by. Like I was convinced that truck was going to fall yesterday. And I got home and I messaged Sean. I was like, bro, when's the last time you changed a tire? And he laughed. He's like, I don't know, man. It's been at least 20 years. He was like, I was chained. He said, I changed the the uh, tire on my Eclipse when I had it mm. on 75. And he crawled out from underneath of the car. And within seconds of coming out from underneath of the car, it collapsed. And what? like shattered a bunch of the plastics and shit on his Eclipse. And I was like, yeah, bro. The whole time I was changing the tire yesterday, I was afraid to sit down. Because in the event that that truck shifted, it could have landed on me. Like, mm. I'm too much, too much of this when the yeah, semis drive by. a lot going on. You did great. Brand new car. Brand new car. 50 yeah. miles, two holes in the tire. Like 30 minutes away from the dealership. <clears throat> yep. And now I got a rental until tomorrow because they had to order the tire. Yeah. Fun times. Go team. Hell yeah, wheel and tire package because that tire, <laughs> that one tire was 325 bucks. That's crazy. That was half of the cost of the wheel and tire package. So. Wow. Yep. 
we are still going through whatever we're going through. I have bronchitis. Yeah, my chest feels heavy. I'm having palpitations. I'm itchy for some reason. I think it's my anxiety. It could be that mucinex. No. No? Okay. No, like no is like, what do you mean it could be the mucinex? <laughs> are you telling me that a drug made in a laboratory could be causing side effects? Okay. Uh, did we cover Patreon? Yes. Okay. Uh, we covered a disclaimer? Yes. Do you want to get into your notebook? My little notebook. All right. So <coughs> I decided to call my notebook Lily. I don't know why I just get Lily vibes from it. Watched a video this morning and it sent me down a rabbit hole of thoughts. And the person was talking about being in a relationship for love versus being, versus being in a relationship for healing. And everybody claims that they want to be with somebody because they want to feel loved. I don't think a lot of people realize that you get into a relationship hoping that somebody's going to heal you and make you feel better. Yeah. I think a lot of people also get into relationships just because they're tired of being alone. Right. I agree with that. So when you're healing, it is dealing with traumatic fallout from your past. Your partner can be supportive of you healing through your trauma. It is not solely on their shoulders to heal you of your past trauma, especially if they did not cause it. They cannot heal you of your past trauma. They can support you. That's what I just said. And they can aid you, but they cannot physically or mentally heal you. Is that not what I just said? Uh, I, that's not what I heard. It might have been what you said. I have been. I said it's not on their shoulders to heal you of your past trauma. Right, they can't. They can't heal you. It's not possible for somebody else to do the work for you. You right. have to do the work. Therapists can't even heal you. No, it's not. Therapists yeah. give you the tools. Therapists are the ace hardwares of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was good. Was it? I'm impressed by that. I yeah. was going to say Home Depot, but. I like Home Depot better. Yeah. Yeah. I like the smell of Home Depot. Going to the garden section, looking at little cactuses. Succulents. I have a good time there. So reading on into my notes, it says, no one can love you through your abusive tendencies. So if you are in survival mode from a past relationship and in your current relationship, your partner has given you no reason to be afraid of them, to feel like you can't speak to them, you cannot still live in that fight or flight mindset. When you're living in that fight or flight mindset, like you're still with the person who caused this trauma to you, you're going to ruin your current relationship. Did everything I just say make sense? Yes. I think this is, besides my airplane, oh, oh, the John Wick analogy was also good. I think the John Wick analogy was the best one so far. Yeah. Yep. But I'm partial to that because it's John Wick. Well, I really like this one. Do not drown yourself to save someone who refuses to stand up in three feet of water. That's good. So you're saying you should not enable victim mentality and then ride that roller coaster with them? Right. Yeah, imagine that. So... You're not getting in a relationship with a therapist. It is not your partner's job to morph your brain, heal your wounds, or change you into a better person. If you are in a relationship with somebody right now who is stuck in that victim mentality and the world is terrible and everything in their life that has ever gone wrong is everybody else's fault and they're constantly, I'm going to say moping. If you get offended because I said moping, you're probably constantly moping. So I, I hate that for you. You can tell us about it in the comments. <laughs> but if your partner is constantly moping and dwelling on the past and doesn't want to do anything to grow and create a happy future, you do not have to be with that person. 
Even if that person says, you're the reason that I'm happy, you're the only reason that I'm still here, and they don't want to do anything to grow a good life with you, you're not obligated to stay. And I think a lot of people do stay because they have nobody else. Nobody else. Yeah. Well, people are afraid of change. They're afraid of being lonely. Right. They, you know, they were lonely before they got with this person, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of if you're not married, you're not, you don't owe anyone anything. Right. You know, if your relationship's not going exactly the way you want it, you have the ability to just walk away from it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> love isn't enough. Nope. You, you can love this person with all of your heart. Unless they're willing to heal their own trauma, all you're going to continue is getting pain for your love. Yep. And manipulation mm-hmm. and lies. Yep. And in your own trauma that you're going to take out on the next person. Yeah. I think it's super important to remember that in extreme cases, if somebody says, I will unalign myself if you leave me, that is not your problem. It is not on you to make sure somebody else survives. Facts. It's purely a manipulation <laughs> tactic. It's if you leave me, I'm going to do this and it's going to be all your fault because you left me. It's not going to be, you told me you were unhappy. You're trying to help me. I'm ignoring all of your help. I'm taking all of my past out on you. I'm not trying to be better as a person. So I'm unhappy in my own life. Self-accountability. Yep. Don't stay with somebody because you think you can fix them. If they don't want to fix themselves, it's never going to happen. Yep. I agree. Have anything you want to touch before we get an email? Nothing that's not going to get us kicked off of YouTube. All right. First email. Hello. First off, I want to thank you guys for your time and the work you're putting in to help people improve their relationships. I wanted to reach out to you guys for assistance. I am a sim- I am in a similar situation as the one posted from He Didn't Choose This Life. Ooh, I remember that email. <laughs> I just got into a relationship nine months ago. She's 21 female and I'm 23 male. My girlfriend is now eight weeks pregnant. I am so glad I ran across your content. We always practice safe sex. It was an accident. We got plan B. Well, clearly you didn't practice well enough. Yeah. Nine months and they're in their early 20s. As someone who did this, it's going to be rough for you guys. Yeah. 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 Especially nine months into the relationship. If y'all didn't know each other beforehand and y'all met at nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what's in this email. I have not read this email yet. If y'all are having a hard time now, that first year of the baby being born. Yep. We can't stress that enough. It is going to be rough as fuck. Yep. I, I apologize. I keep saying the F word. I don't know if that's the first time I've said it or not, but I meant that. It is going to be really rough for you guys that first year. Well, yeah. Financially, too. Yeah. At 20 years old, financially, it's going to be a problem. All well, right. early 20s. Right. So they both got, so we got plan, plan B. But both of us agreed once she was that. But both of us agreed once she was that we're in this together. In my house growing up, communication was completely non-existent. If anything major or traumatic happened, it would almost be as if nothing happened at all and never spoken about. My father was around but not present. So I applaud you for giving me and so many other people a framework we so desperately need within our lives. So before I keep going into that... No communication growing up. So now you're starting again in communication. Mm-hmm. She's going to be the same, same boat I was in. Right. She's got to learn it. 
So it's going to be a whole, oh, it's going to be a whole journey. Y'all are about to go through a lot, <laughs> especially like if your girlfriend jumps on board and you guys are going to work on communicating, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I did read this email. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They implemented check-ins. Love that. Yeah. Um, he has battled addiction for years and has greatly impacted my life and the man I want to be. Oh, the irony that I repeated the same mistakes in my first relationship. It's going to happen. Don't feel shame because of that. If you did things that you know were out of hand or out of turn. Out of character. Out of character. You know there was wrong and right and you chose to do wrong. Feel bad about it. Take that as a learning opportunity. No, I don't want to feel like that again. I don't want to put somebody else in that position again yep. and grow from it. The only example I had through, throughout growing up was an example of what not to be. I started watching your podcast yesterday. So listen, it, I, may be, I might have been wrong on the, the implemented check-ins. That might be the, the advice one. Anyways, okay. you learn not what to do. You learn what not to do growing up. That's it. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my inspiration growing up. Right. I saw everyone doing everything that I thought was wrong and said, I don't want to follow in those footsteps. So I took the steps needed to not be that person. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked for business too because yeah. of all the shops that I've worked in and everything that I've done business-wise, I saw the failures of other business owners and goes, okay, I'm not doing this, not doing this, not doing this. This could have been better. They definitely should have done something over here. And like you learn from those. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can recognize other people's shortcomings and learn from them, you're ahead of ninety nine percent of the people out there because you can't learn from other people's mistakes. Right. But if you watch other people make mistakes and go, okay, that's a failure. I don't want to experience that mm-hmm. and implement it. That's what's up. Yep. I immediately went home to talk to my girlfriend and talk to her about us doing check ins. Boom. She was very very willing and open to the idea, and was excited that I cared about our relationship and wanted to make sure it worked between us. Oh, that makes me happy. So now you have to learn her communication style. You are. You guys are going to have to learn so much about each other, and you're going to be frustrated, and you might get shitty with each other, but that's all part of the growing experience. Yeah, don't do it during the check-ins, though. Do not do it during the check-ins. And if y'all get a heated moment, you need to be able to separate your emotion from your logical thinking. Both of you need to take a deep breath, and before you get back into your argument, say, I love you. It's going to be a very big deal. Yep. You're affirming it for both of you when you do that. Yep. <clears throat> My previous relationship I was in for almost seven years. It hit the roommate phase within four, but it took me almost a year or two after to realize my relationship had even gotten to those phases without me realizing. I was much less ambitious and used video games as a major form of escape during that time. I wrote that down in my notebook. Video yeah. game escapism. That's mm-hmm. a whole conversation that I wanted to have at the end of this conversation or end, okay. of, the, end of the cast episode. Whatever this is. Whatever we decide to call this. I got into this relationship fairly quickly after my last one, but I have done a lot of inner work to understand myself and why my last relationship failed. I wholeheartedly believe that my first relationship failed due to a lack of foundation. That's probably, that's no, I'm not going to say probably that is why most relationships fail because it's, it's, yeah. there's no foundation built. Y'all just get together, start having sex. <clears throat> you have sex long enough. You decide to get into a relationship and there's no courting phase. Right. There's no getting to know each other phase. Well, okay, so and there's going to be a lot of people out there that give kids shit. Mm-hmm. You're a teenager. You don't know what love is, blah, 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 blah. I don't discount that. Like, I, I don't I don't follow that or I don't subscribe to that mindset. Right. As a teenager, you love. Mm-hmm. You love passionately way more than most adults do. Yeah. Because everything is new. hormonal and new and, mm-hmm. and you haven't been shit on by life yet. So, like, it's a true love, in my opinion, true passion. And, like, 
that's a very exciting thing. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a foundation, it doesn't matter how much you lust after someone or how much you love them. You don't know if you're going to mesh with somebody if you don't put in that work first. Right. And if you build a house in quicksand, that bitch is sinking. It doesn't matter how you build it. It's mm-hmm. going to go down. So foundation, courting, do yes. the courting phase. We had deep conversations and understood each other. As time went on, though, I started to realize both of us avoided conflict and that always seemed to get defensive and always seemed to get defensive with each other every time we tried to bring issues up with one another. So that led into a slow breakdown of communication communication and resentment built up between us. I used to be that guy that was in a cycle of asking of asking me to improve. I do for a bit. Go back to how I was, rinse, repeat. It's habitual, learned behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to break for anyone. It's not. And it, it is a conscious conscious effort. And mm-hmm. it's constant reminders. Yeah. And not just from you. Like you remind yourself, but if you are if you are that person that changes for two months and then goes right back to the way things were and your partner sees it, your partner should be like, Hey babe, I noticed that you're starting to slip back into old behavior patterns. I noticed that this is happening. Let's let's try to, to be better. Let's correct it. What do you need for me to like Mm-hmm. Whatever. However, you got to approach that subject so that they are aware that they're doing it. Because when you have a habitual lifestyle, sometimes you don't realize you're doing it. It's right. just the way you're comfort. You're going right back to your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. People, aren't, you know, I guess it's the best way to look at it. You're going back to a comfort zone. Right. It's easier to be comfortable than it is to make change. A hundred percent. I used to con- constantly say I love you and not show it. I know better now, and want to be better. So my question to you is: In a situation like this. Or my girlfriend is pregnant and I plan to spend the rest of my life with her. How do we lay a proper foundation for our lives that we will spend together? As a side note, I will say that the move that at the moment, everything is going amazing. We both respect each other, feel validated, trust each other, and are willing to learn and grow at the cost of hard conversations we want to avoid. We both consistently keep up with spending quality time together right now and that we should do in terms of foundation for when our baby arrives. What kind of conversation should we be having and agreeing upon before we introduce such a happy yet stressful event into our relationship? So you're going to grab your knees, tuck your head between your legs, and kiss your ass goodbye. Yeah. Because when that baby's born, everything that you think you know and everything that you think you're doing is going to be flipped upside down, and you are going to have a whole new set of issues that you're going to have to deal with. And that first year with postpartum depression and all the shit that goes on with a woman's hormones, mm-hmm. on top of the lack of sleep, the financial stress, and all the other shit that comes along with it, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. With that being said, you guys have a good foundation for communicating. It sounds mm-hmm. like you guys both want to be better. I would say there's a lot of things that need to happen. You're going to have to figure out how you guys are going to live. Whether I don't, I don't know if you've got your own place yet or not. I don't know. There's nothing in there about their living situation. Mm-hmm. But when a baby comes into the picture, you guys are going to have to find a place to stay. To, to build a family. If your families are willing to support you for a while, great, but you need to be prepared for that to be a thing because eventually you're going to have to be parents living on your own doing your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the communication aspect and the building of the foundation is great. Nine months is not a long time to be with somebody. It's not. Um, if you guys didn't know each other before you got together like you stated, mm-hmm. when that baby's born, you're going to have a whole lot of problems that are coming along. Your intimacy is going to change mm-hmm. because of the, uh, postpartum is, is going to mess with that big time. <clears throat> your date nights are going to change. Video game opportunities is going to change. Mm-hmm. Anything that you want to do with your free time is going to change, especially if you're both working full-time jobs and raising a child. When my daughter was born, I worked full-time and so did her mother, and she worked days I worked nights. So I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning 
and be a dad all day long and then go to work until one o'clock in the morning and come home and go to bed and repeat that process. There was no intimacy. There was no relationship there. We ended up growing to the point where we hated each other. We didn't Mm -hmm. want to be around each other even on our days off. All we wanted to do was rest because it was a constant grind. There's a lot. It's a lot that goes into that. It's not going to be an easy process. And doing it while you're young and not financially stable and Mm -hmm. all of that is going to bring its own set of problems. But with that being said, it's doable. You know, people do it every day. You're just going to have to find a routine that works. You need to make sure that you implement a date night where Mm -hmm. you guys go to dinner. Um, Hopefully you're still close to your parents. So after like six months or whatever, if you guys want to actually leave the baby with somebody for an hour to go out to eat, those things need to happen. You need to have those intimate times together without the child to remember what it was to be, you know, intimate. Um, Not sexually intimate, but like conversations and, and quality time. I don't know. That's a hard one. It's hard. And and you want to be a good man. It, it's going to be even harder because now you're, you're not living to society's expectations. You're living to the expectations of a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And that's so much harder. It's so much harder. So my recommendation is like you said, she's going to go through a massive hormonal change. Her body's changing. She's bringing a life into the world. Her body's never going to go back to the way it was before. Mm-hmm. She's, she's going to have body image issues. You are going to have to be her rock. Yep. She is going, there's going to be days where she's screaming and crying. She's going to be upset. She's not going to know why. She's not going to be able to tell you why. She's going to be irritable. You have to be understanding. Yep. You can be frustrated. I'm not saying you can't be frustrated. You're allowed to be frustrated. You can be annoyed. You can't yell at her. Right. You can't tell her that she's overreacting. You can't tell her that she's the problem. You just need to be there for her. If she needs to cry, let her cry. If she's screaming at you, hold her and let her scream at you. And then when she calms down, say, I understand you're going through it. You're doing great. (laughs) You know how hard that's going to be. It's going to be really hard. I actually, (coughs) excuse me, I don't think that you should yell at your partner. Right. On either. And obviously hormonal thing doesn't excuse the yelling, but it makes it a little more understanding as to why it happens. So on his part, yelling is definitely not an option. And when you get frustrated Mm -hmm. and you need to step away from the situation, meditate, pray, Mm -hmm. journal, do something that doesn't involve your partner. Because if she is already going through it emotionally, you getting emotional on top of that is is not going to benefit the situation at all. You guys are going to bounce that energy off of each other and it's just going to be chaotic. And it's going to escalate. Yep. And if you need a moment away from her, just say, I need a second. I'm getting overwhelmed. Yep. And just take a minute My recommendation for her is you're going to be doing your best. She can't get upset with you when you're like, say she's a stay at home mom for the time being with a newborn. You're working your ass off, coming home, dealing with a mess of a woman. And y'all can get pissy about that. I've had two children and I was a mess of a woman after I gave birth. I was all over the place. It's like someone spilled a can of SpaghettiOs on the floor and I'm just... Well, years lasted longer, too, because it takes a year for a woman's hormones to get back to normal. Right. And I got pregnant with my daughter six months after my son was born. Yeah. So you didn't even get a rebound. No. So I was in a postpartum depression for like three years total. Mm-hmm. It's rough. It was really rough. Um, she has to be understanding of you as well. This is going to be hard for you. The woman that you love now, after she has that baby, she's going to change. Yep. It's going to take her a very long time to get back to a normal state with her hormones going plateauing back out again and whatnot. She needs to acknowledge the things that you do. So like just like after she has a breakdown and you tell her you're doing great, you're a great mom, you're doing the thing, she needs to remind you that you're a good dad and that you're out there providing for them and you're there for her. And yep. you guys are just going to have to be supportive of each other. And in those moments of anger and frustration... 
if you feel like you can't talk to each other without arguing, just don't talk to each other for a little bit. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing just wrong with that. Just be like, look, that. I'm, I'm, I'm processing what just happened or mm-hmm. I'm really frustrated right now because of whatever. Don't blame each other. Right. I'm really frustrated right now. I just need a little bit. Just say life is hard. Yep. If you need a moment and y'all can't have a conversation without breaking down or whatever, just have a code word. Say life is hard. And both of you will understand that we need time. We got to calm down. Y'all are going to go through it. It's going to be rough, <laughs> but it, it's not impossible. It's not. I mean, we've done it. Yeah. A lot of people do it every day. Mm-hmm. I only stress how hard it is because people don't. Right. Everybody wants to tell you how beautiful it is and how parent parenting is an amazing thing. And nobody can ever prepare you for the ugly side of that, that most people don't brag about. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to brag about. Right. It's always the TikTok people complaining. Well, my husband doesn't ever do anything. He's changed a diaper twice the entire time that, you know, our kid's been alive and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. So instead of being honest about it, they they wait until there's a reason to bitch and complain and they get on the internet and bitch and complain instead of preparing people. Yeah. Like, hey, just know, like, there could be weight gain. Mm-hmm. He may get food cravings. Yeah. It, that's a very real thing. I had that. Mm-hmm. I ate some weird shit while she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But not knowing how to communicate and, like, I was uh, 18, 17. I don't know. I was young. I didn't know shit about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. So the first year of my daughter's life, and we were at odds constantly, that woman wasn't my woman. I had no idea what the hell was going on. Like that, I didn't recognize who she was. Mm-hmm. Knowing what I know now makes total sense, and mm-hmm. I would have handled this situation very differently. So I, I suggest looking into postpartum depression mm-hmm. and then start working on ways to communicate and definitely come up with, with phrases that you guys can use when things start to get heated to let you guys know, like, I need to calm down. Mm-hmm. Because having a, a safe word, so to speak, can absolutely... Diffuse. Diffuse the situation mm-hmm. in the moment because if you're like on the verge of losing your shit and you're like, leave me alone, mm-hmm. that's not going to help the situation. But if you go, pineapple, right. I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette or I'm going to go you know, hit my vape a couple times or mm-hmm. I'm going to go <clears throat> poop and play on my phone for the next hour and a half, whatever it takes for me to calm down, you can come back and have a relatively smooth conversation. But if you blow up in somebody and start screaming and pointing and, and accusing and blaming each other for shit, there is no coming back to a calm conversation. Right. It's also important to schedule breaks for each other. Ooh, yeah. Like daily. If she's a stay-at-home mom and you're going to work, tell her, I need an hour when I get home from work to decompress. It's only an hour longer for her to watch the baby. Once you're done decompressing and your hour is up, she gets an hour. While you feed the baby, do laundry, whatever needs to be done, she can take a bath. She can go to Target, whatever she needs to do to decompress. And then after her hour, you guys can come back together, have dinner, do family time, watch a movie. That's a good way to keep things in check feeling-wise. Right. And another important thing to do, the moment that you start feeling agitated or frustrated or upset, let the other one know. Yeah. All communication, it's like verbal communication is only like 20% of communication. Right. So... We're not mind readers. You have to tell your partners what's going on. If she wakes up in the morning and she's feeling like she's going to bust out in tears at any moment, she needs to tell you that. Yeah. That way, when it does happen, you're not panicking going, what's wrong? It's also important to remember that the baby's going to feel those emotions and, yes. and understand the sorrow or the frustration and not be able to recognize that. So if you're frustrated, you're probably going to be dealing with a crying baby. Mm-hmm. And if you were dealing with a crying baby and then you get frustrated, it's going to get even worse. Yeah. So it's important to check those emotions and work as a team. I, um, I, I hear a lot of people on TikTok in my comment section constantly talking about, well, he needs to, to watch the baby. 
he needs to come home and 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 be a, a parent for a little while. This entire conversation um, that happens a lot on my TikTok page should never be a thing. It's not about watching the baby. If you are a parent, you should be present in raising that child. It should be a team effort. So in the event that you come home, you get your hour, she goes, takes a bath, goes to Target, whatever she does, you're not watching your child. You're not babysitting. You are being a dad. You're parenting. It's important to do that. And Mm -hmm. you guys, when you're both home, it's important that you do it together because she's off the clock at that point. Now you're both parents. If Mm -hmm. you're a stay-at-home and he works and provides... His job is to work and provide. Yours is to be a stay-at-home while he's at work. Right. When he comes home, it's a team effort. You mm-hmm. should both be working, raising a child together, doing the parenting thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of it being a full-time job for her just because you're off of work now. You don't get to go play video games or go drink or go to the bar or whatever it is. You guys should be raising that child together. It should be mommy and daddy doing the thing, not mommy doing everything while daddy drinks a beer on the couch watching football. Yep. I'd also recommend divvying up chores now. <clears throat> yeah. Sit down and make a list. If she's being a stay-at-home, that's purely speculation. Speculation, Right. Yeah, there's no information there on that. That, that. No information in the email. So I would divvy up chores now. That way, when you both get your decompression time at the end of the day, she can cook dinner and you can get laundry taken care of. And she can do bath time and you can sweep the kitchen. It's all going to be about teamwork. Yeah. And the more effective that is, the more time you guys get to spend together, mm-hmm. which is going to help maintain intimacy not just parenting. Right. And that's going to save your relationship after that, you know, through that first year of intimacy is, is um, maintained. Mm-hmm. When that postpartum depression goes away and you guys start building your family, it's going to be a whole lot easier because you guys maintain that throughout. It. And by intimacy, I don't just mean sex. And it's pathetic that I have to fucking say that. <clears throat> but if I don't, the, the trolls in the comments triggered. are going to be like, Whoa. Right. I got nothing else on that one. Okay, what's the next one? Uh, thank you, thank y'all, thank y'all slash podcast. Thank y'all slash podcast. Hi, I hope this email finds y'all well. I mean, kind of. We're both <laughs> dying just a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm trying so hard not to cough and blow my nose in this microphone, and I yeah. keep muting, but I'm almost positive I'm being picked up on your mic. Probably. First, I want to start by saying my husband has emailed y'all about our situation and how far we've come as a couple, as well as personal growth. And now she's emailing us. And now she is. I love it. Also, if you choose to read this on your podcast, I am 100% okay with that. You know what? I just read that next sentence, but I want to say this before I continue going. I, I do absolutely love that she reached out to us as well. Yeah. I love hearing from couples. It's dope when one person emails us and let us know how we've helped them. But when both people reach out individually and say, this is how I'm getting better because of you guys. Now my relationship's fantastic. Yep. That makes my heart happy. It's good. It is. And it shows that people do want their relationship to be healthy. Mm -hmm. We see it constantly. Well, he's a piece of shit or she doesn't talk or whatever the the excuses and complaints are. Mm -hmm. They haven't actually tried. Right. They're frustrated with their partner. The intimacy is gone. The respect is gone. And they're just butting heads. Mm -hmm. And instead of having like a real conversation, they just keep throwing shit at each other. And then you get people like this whose dude's like, obviously I want to fix my shit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, y'all helped us fix our shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I started reading The Surrendered Wife and also have two other Laura Doyle books after I finished that one. Same. I am honestly not even sure what my husband's email to y'all says as I have not read it. However, I want to make sure it is known that I had many faults and mistakes within our marriage as well as our relationship leading up to the marriage. 
and somehow he still has seen the better in me. We have both made our fair share of mistakes, but somehow through personal growth and marital growth, we are still striving and surviving. I really wanted to say thriving. Mm -hmm. That was hard. That's the goal, though. It is is to thrive, not Mm -hmm. survive. Now on to the next part of this email. Thank y'all beyond any words I could ever express. Between y'all's TikToks and podcasts, we are finally taking accountability for our own shit, as well as learning how to have heated disagreements without it turning into a huge blowout. That's it. That's that's everything right there. You're taking accountability Mm -hmm. and you're learning how to communicate. Everything else is just going to fall into line. Yep. We have implemented the check-ins and report cards with each other, as well as with our older children. We have have also started to use that I am fixing to be bitch or ass. This is going to sound mean, but type of thing as well as just as well as just so that there is a little warning that we need to say may not be said in the best way. That's important, too. That is important. We do that. We do do that. Because there's times that you're frustrated or overwhelmed and your brain's not working. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's coming to your mind is really shitty statements. So if you're able to be like, okay, what I'm going to say is an asshole thing, and you're able to to lessen it down because now you're, you know you're about to say some foul shit, mm-hmm. but you're not saying it with malice. You're just saying it the only way you know how to say it. The person on the receiving end of that is going, okay, she's really worked up. She's mm-hmm. emotional right now. I have obviously pissed her off. I'm going to sit here and listen to what she has to say so I can figure out what the hell I did and I can fix it. It works. Mm-hmm. It absolutely works because it's not coming from a place of malice. It's not coming right. from an attack. It's coming from, oh, shit, I did that. Mm-hmm. Repercussions. What were you smirking at? Have you ever felt like, <coughs> have you ever thought, wow, I've really pissed her off? Um, no. Uh, I have felt, I, I can tell when you're very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that overstimulated and overwhelmed is not pissed. Okay, good. So. Because I've never been pissed with you. Yeah. I've been frustrated with you. I've had times where I could tell you were not okay with me. Yeah. But I don't think that like you've been truly angry. Mm-mm. We don't let things get to that point. Yeah, I can think of a single instance where I've ever been like, I hate that guy. I was going to say the F word, but I didn't. So replace that with the F word. Yeah. Should never feel like you hate your partner. No. That was only the thing that came to my mind to substitute the F word in a split (laughs) second that I was going to say it. Yeah. That was not the correct term I wanted to say. Right. I want to clarify that. Because you felt the need to say you should never hate your partner. Right, because you said hate. Right, that's the only thing that came to my mind in that split second before I said the F word. There, there are times when it is very okay to be frustrated with your partner mm-hmm. and to be like, I just wish I could grab you and shake the shit out of you. And be like, yeah. feel what I'm feeling. Right. Obviously, you would never want to do those things, but it's okay to be frustrated. It is okay it, to be frustrated. It's okay to not be able to, to articulate yourself in the moment as long as you know that you can go, hey, I need a minute to mm-hmm. find my words instead of just going, you piece of shit. Right. You don't ever do the dishes. <laughs> Sometimes words are hard and getting older sucks. So our brains tend to lag like a computer browser with five tabs open, three loading and no clue where the music is coming from. Ah, yes. That's my brain constantly. <laughs> ah, yes. Our children. I could tell that's your brain constantly because it took you so long to say that after I read it. <laughs> My husband brought two amazing and total pains in the asses into my life from his previous marriage. My husband is 40 and I'm 32. They are 18 and 16. It has been a struggle with the 18-year-old as his biological mom wants to play the mom part when it's convenient for her. 
but yet wants to reap all the benefits of any successes he has, even though she is only there every other weekend. It is a long story as to why the 18-year-old lives with us, but the 16-year-old does not. And yes, they have the same mother. Long story short, our 18-year-old has some mental health problems, such as bi- so she has bipolar type 2, ODD, multiple personalities, and anger issues. That's a lot. Especially in an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. It is too much for his bio mom to handle, along with a few other things I would prefer to stay private, so it's best that he comes live with us. My husband and I also have four children together, ages six, five, three, and one. However, our six-year-old passed away three hours after birth in my husband's arms. I obviously didn't get that far into the email. Yeah. I explained the situation with our children to give a little backstory for this. After losing our son, my first child, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Started seeing a therapist and realized very quickly I needed a different therapist after the one I had told me, oh, just get over the loss. You can have more kids. Yeah, therapy for the win. The most painful part of that was our son was our little miracle. At the age of 15, I was told by seven different doctors I would never have kids because of having PCOS. Disorder that affects hormones, reproduction, fertility, and a multitude of other female things. So I hear, so to hear a, therap- a therapist say that was devastating. They started a downward spiral for me. Things got so bad that my husband and my dad agreed that my hands pew pew needed to be locked up where I did not have access to it. Then I finally found a therapist who truly cared and related to my story because she had suffered multiple child losses. Guys, I cannot begin to tell you how much I hate therapy. I have been court ordered. I have been forced. I've done it a lot. Mm -hmm. And not every therapist is going to mesh with you. You're going to find one in a hundred that resonates with you personally. And those are the ones that you need to see because like that, Mm -hmm. they may mean well. But just because they have some letters after name, their name does not mean shit. Right. Just like marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. I won't call it counseling. It's counseling. Right. A lot of those women and men that are that are marriage counselors have shitty marriages mm-hmm. and want to come and give people advice. No, I'm good. Right. Fast forward. Fast forward a little, exactly 100 days after we're losing our son, and we found out that we're expecting again. Now, here we are in 2023 with a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, all of three, which are girls. Lord, help me. Through all of the losses I have been through since the age of 16, the only thing that has ever seemed to truly help me through the darkness was photography. After having our now three-year-old, photography got pushed to the side. For a lack of better words, I kind of retired from it. Why? Why? Why would you stop something that you love? That's a good question. Why did you? Depression. I have my answers. I know right. why I stopped doing what I was, what I did, and, and I, I also tried to turn something that I loved into a business, and it made me resentful towards mm-hmm. not resentful. That's the wrong word. It made me bitter mm-hmm. towards photography <coughs> because I, I didn't realize that I didn't want to do what other people wanted. Right. I wanted it to be about my art and about what I want to do, mm-hmm. and trying to turn it into a business that I didn't need because I had businesses that were making me money. I was able to turn on jobs left and right. So I didn't need to do photography as a business. Right. I wanted it to be about my art. Mm-hmm. So I take pictures when I'm inspired and when I'm, I'm feeling the need to do so. We went to Fort DeSoto last weekend. We did. I took my camera out of the car, but I turned it on once and turned it right back off. Mm-hmm. 
been there a hundred times. There's nothing there for me that's ooh ah. Right. So. For the better part of six years, I have been a stay-at-home mom and wife. September of 2022, I went back to work at a daycare for someone who I had a 20-plus friend year, 20-plus year friendship with. Big mistake. Our kids endured some extremely abusive moments at the daycare. Our three-year-old was being attacked daily by a little boy there, and the teachers just stood by and allowed it to happen until I found out and blew up over it. Then the Monday before Christmas, after notifying my boss that all three children were sick with fevers and being required to stay to still come into work, our one-year-old went through her own trauma. Her temp spiked to 102.8, and the employees... And the employees, including my boss, hid it from me. Within 30 to 45 minutes, her fever spiked to 104. I remember walking into the room she was in and seeing her head fall back and eyes roll to the back of her head. It can cause brain damage at that age. 104 is a fatal temp in, yeah. in babies, yeah. I'd be out for blood. Yeah. I made them dial 911 knowing she was not okay and being worried that would affect her heart as she has a heart condition. <clears throat> Daycare policy wouldn't allow me to do it since I was not just an employee, but also the child's mom. I don't understand. The, the daycare wouldn't allow you to call 911. I don't understand how they could stop you from calling 911. Right. You have a cell phone. It's three buttons and send. Okay, so... I had to burnt that fucking daycare to the ground. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there would definitely be repercussions. She was rushed to the ER by ambulance. We were told that there was a slight seizure activity and then it was neglect on the daycare owner and the teachers that her fever ever reached that point. Lawsuits. Lawsuits. I would sue the hell out of that daycare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For a whole slew of things. Oh, and I would yeah. sue all the teachers and the owner of the daycare individually. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, I'm ruining lives. Oh, yeah. Yep. A week later, I reached out to my boss to explain that our girls were still sick and running fevers and would not make it to work. It made it more sense because my husband made more than I did. I never got a response from my boss until about four hours later, and the response was that I no longer had a job. Honestly, it was a blessing in disguise. Now here I am. Oh, now here we are, and I am adjusting to, be a stay, to being a stay-at-home mom and wife again. Never thought that would be an adjustment, but it is. So at this point, we have been watching y'all's TikToks and started y'all's podcast. I found your Instagram page for your photography, and it was like a light bulb started to flicker on. Now I am back to photographing people, places, and things. Get it. I love that. Me too. Got goosebumps. It has been a slow start, but so far I have a senior session, two boudoir sessions, a birthday session, and a couple session scheduled for the next couple of months. Boudoir is my favorite. Yeah. Yep. Not because of the type of shooting, but because of the emotional response that comes from it. Mm -hmm. Until, as a, a male photographer, the husband gets the book and prints and then decides he wants to try to get gangster. Yeah. That's what ended that for me. <clears throat> I've begun a Facebook page for my photography and just finished a website for it as well. Now I have to hustle so I can build my clientele up. And, of course, she didn't list the, the photography Facebook page. No, she didn't. For us to announce it so that other people could go see her photography so owning a business is owning a business, but if you don't know marketing, that's a problem, and you just missed a really big opportunity. That was a really big missed opportunity, yeah. Because I have my hand on my pen for my notebook waiting for you to drop that so that I can go and you know follow and support. 
But no. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not anywhere on here. You're getting an email from me <laughs> I'm thinking of looking into tattoo shops and seeing if they would be willing to let me do a promo shoot for them, help gain exposure for the shop and my photography. We have a few small shops around here that are not well known but do phenomenal work. Anything you want to add? Nope. Sorry, I know this email was long, but we owe a lot more than just a thank you to y'all. Not only did y'all's podcast and TikToks give us the tools to help to save our marriage, but also our family. And now because I picked up on how hard both of y'all hustle, I am now in a place where I'm turning a passion and form of therapy into a potential secondary income for us. Yeah, that's gangster. That is so gangster. <clears throat> Do really people... Per- I'm, I'm flustered. Do people really perceive me as a hustler? Babe, we do a lot. Do I? Do you? This is a full-time job. I don't feel like I do a lot. This is this is actually more than a full-time job because yeah. when you add the hours in that we record, plus the hours that I edit, plus the hours that AJ edits, mm-hmm. plus the comments and the back and forth and monitoring TikTok, we're more than a full-time job on this. Right, but you edit the video and stuff. I don't <coughs> do that. doesn't matter. I just sit here. We have three people working full-time right. doing what we're doing on top of making sure the house is taken care of because that's still your thing. Mm-hmm us both doing the kid thing and now you're finishing your tattoo apprenticeship when you really look at what you do it's not you're not like a a lazy individual you have a lot of your time is dedicated to things and if it wasn't for your time management you wouldn't be able to do all this that's crazy because i feel like a slacker right now right well and i understand that because i haven't been at the shop as much as i I usually would right but when that changes our our um there will be a shift right but when you really look at what you do, it's you're not a slouch. A slouch. Like hmm. we're to the point now where we're so busy that we have to Instacart. Yeah. Like we don't have time to go to the grocery store anymore. And like in order for us to have a day off, we have to plan for it. Mm-hmm. And we can do that whenever we want. But like we have to then pre-record, pre-edit, and do all of that because otherwise we're not gonna be able to enjoy the, the time off that we take. Right. This has become a full-time job. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. wild. I'm proud of you for the things that you do. Stop. You're also maintaining a hobby, <laughs> editing photos. Yeah. You know, you you now have your newfound faith. Yeah. So you're taking time to to spend reading every day, plus learning with the Laura Doyle books and all the other self help books that we buy and and try to read while we're doing other things. Like when we drive somewhere and you know that we're going to be gone for more than forty five minutes, you bring whatever book you're reading and read it in the car because you're now killing two birds with one stone in terms of time. Like yeah, you're not a slouch. Oh, that made me feel really good about myself. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that. My depression has been bad recently, yeah. so that was nice to hear. And you're still maintaining your workout routine. Oh, yeah, I am doing that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I feel really good about myself right now. <laughs> that was nice. We have discussed doing the allowance thing that y'all have in, pl- in place for Chris. Oh, some of you are going to get pissy about yeah, that. Yeah, they can get pissy about it. We have no problem with communicating now and sharing our feelings. We are going back to doing fun things as a family and a couple. That's what's up. I love that. It's intimacy and self-care. Mm-hmm. Hell, my husband knew I had a rough mental health week last week. So Saturday he woke me and the kids up and took us to Wilmington for the day so that I could do some photography as well as have a family day. Those kinds of things rarely happen before watching you guys. What y'all are doing is amazing. Please do not stop ever. Excuse my language, but fuck the haters. Yeah, get them. So... I don't feel like that's <coughs> me dropping an F-bomb because that's somebody else's word. I'm yeah. just the messenger. 
Yep. And so with her with going to Wilmington, that means she's in North Carolina. So she's near the Blue Ridge. There's so many opportunities for photos out there. We go out there often. Mm-hmm. Um, my family being in Tennessee, and I have a sister who's in North Carolina that lives out in Nashville. Like, yeah, I, I Asheville, not Nashville. Um, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But like the Blue Ridge Parkway is a phenomenal place to take pictures. Yeah. There's there's a lot of and you can go to the Biltmore mm-hmm. to take pictures. Oh, that place is gorgeous. Yep. There's a lot. You got a lot in North Carolina and Tennessee. That area out there is is something else mm-hmm. with the mountainscapes. To Chris, meaning you. Okay. Yes, some of the things you have said as a guy have triggered me. However, I am figuring out that I needed to hear the things that you said so that I can fix myself and grow as a person. Not just for me, but for also the sake of my family. So thank you for triggering me. You're welcome. I, I don't say the things that I say to, to, to make people hate me. Right. And I don't say them from a place of hate. I say them from a place of accountability, and I want people to grow and be better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to hear the, the, the harsh shit that no one's going to tell you. And the next email is going to be exactly that. Yeah. You know, I, I've started telling people, because I'm getting more people in my comments, especially on the ones that I made about DV, mm-hmm. saying this triggered me or this hurt to hear. Yeah. And a lot of it's from children who have survived DV from the choices of parents. Like, yep. wow, this really hurt to hear because my mom made these choices. Yep. And I'm, I'm starting to tell people if it hurts to hear, it's because you need to hear it. Yeah. You need to process why it hurts you. You need to figure out why there's pain there. Accept the things that have happened. Realize you don't want that repeated in your future and just grow from it. Yep. Those who need to hear the message will hear the message. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that these people are hearing it. Me too. To Chris, meaning me, I really need to come up with a nickname. Peaches. Peaches. That's what you said last time. All right, guys. Going forward, I am now christened Peaches. <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Peaches are so cute and fuzzy. Yeah? Yeah. And, and booty. <laughs> I do have that. I have like three-tier cake back there. All right, stop it. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> was that too was that too descriptive for I, you? I, I don't I don't share my cake. <laughs> so going forward, address me as peaches. I won't, but everybody else will. Everybody else should, yeah, so we know what's going on. I th- I'm thinking about making that my nickname for tattooing too. Yeah? Yeah. How come? Because I want people to know me by Chris. When I'm out in public with the kids. Don't want them approaching me. Oh, you're Chris. And like, oh my God, everybody, she's Chris. Let's look her up on Facebook. Yeah. No. I'm going to create a whole separate profile. Beaches. I'm going to draw a spider and accept the butt. It's going to be a peach. I have the whole thing planned out. I've put a lot of thought into this. Clearly. I'm embarrassed now. Why? That's (laughs) just one more thing that you're accomplishing while you're doing everything else in life. Wow. That was full circle right there. That's, that's how my brain works. That's crazy. It's full time, all the time. Full throttle all the time, I should say. Yeah. It is what it is. She says, thank you for being the amazing woman you are. Your poise and confidence is pushing me to be a better woman. I no longer see competition in other females, but instead I see learning opportunities. Even if it's learning what not to do. Your necklace collar is beautiful, by the way. I love it. Thank you both for the amazing things y'all are doing. I hope one day you are blessed enough to cross. We are blessed enough to cross paths face to face. I can learn a lot from you both, not just within my relationship, but also on a business aspect. You need to join our Patreon. I concur. Yep. Thank you for saying I have poise. I, I really pride myself on trying to be a classy person yep. and having elegance and carrying myself with pride. That shit's sexy to me. Yeah. 
I, I will take a, like an elegant dressed high class woman mm. over a, a thought. Is that what they call them? Yeah, I think so. Any day of the week. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see that. I, I don't know. It's just that shit's not sexy to me. They're strapping and all that shit. Like it, there's self-esteem, mm-hmm. like self-respect and knowing that you, you are a person of quality of yeah. character. Um, the fact that you handle yourself well. I love that you wear dresses every day when you go out. Like mm-hmm. shit's hot to me. Like I got a baddie and I know it. And what's the next one? Uh, need help wording a question follow up. I'm going to actually, I just made a note on my notepad. I'm going to send that chicken email because I have some, some documents that I can send her that might help her with her business. Follow up. This is, this is in regards to the email that we read in episode eight called, uh, need help wording a question. question. (coughs) Hello, Chris and Chris. I am so sorry for spelling your name wrong in my first email. Horrible overlook on my part. No worries. I knew what you meant. It doesn't bother me. Now, if you called me Chrissy, we would have a problem. Yeah. But you didn't. Well, we're good. I saw the YouTube email read through and insert curse words. Oh, no. You saying that my man is protective because I'm helpless hit hard. My heart sank. I got a pit in my stomach. I stopped, processed, and watched it through twice and finally broke down. For the first time, truly broke down because everything you said was true. Complete projection on my part. I hate that you broke down and cried. I'm glad you felt that emotion, though. Mm -hmm. Feeling that emotion is how you process it. And then processed it. Mm -hmm. Growing up in a family led by females, being weak was never an option. Anything the guys in the family did, not only were we expected to be able to do, but we had to do it better. I have broken away from that. That's so toxic. I get that feeling. It's such a bullshit mentality to have. I truly felt like growing up as a girl, not only did I have to do things the boys did, I had to be better at it because I'm a girl. Could you imagine how much more empowered people would be if they played to their strengths Mm -hmm. instead of trying to be something they're not? Yeah. I just don't. I, I am so glad that I don't have to deal with that shit. I don't subscribe to that mindset at all. I love that you're saying subscribe. Why? I don't know. I just like that. Okay. Subscribe to that mindset. Yeah. That's that's a nice sentence. You're choosing it. Right. Being with my man for over a decade has set me free. A relationship, dynamic, values, whatever you want to call it, is so different in every possible way than what I grew up with. I never stopped to think I am helpless in every situation right now. It was never an option for 23-ish years, and I didn't realize it was a trait I still held on to. And this is something I will definitely be working on moving forward. Good. That one statement blew me away. When he heard me breaking down, he came to me instantly. We talked. He asked what made me come to the realization of helplessness. Hesitant, I told him how I reached out to you both. Dun, dun, dun. Yo, like, I will be (laughs) honest. If I was somebody, like, my last ditch effort is I'm going to reach out to a couple I saw on YouTube. Yeah. And then I had to admit to you that like, so I've been having like a really hard time with everything going on. And I reached out to somebody on the internet and they told me a lot of things I wasn't ready to hear, but I needed to hear it. And now I'm crying. (laughs) I don't know how I would process that information if it was thrown at me. Yeah. I get the feeling of being hesitant. I'm glad it worked out though. I would have been like, okay, so you realize that we're having problems and you're trying to find a solution to those problems. Right. Yeah. That's how I would have taken that. I love that. 
I don't, you know, because it's an unbiased thing. It's not. It's not right. like you're going. If you were going to your friend circle mm-hmm. and and bashing me, it'd be right. a very different conversation than mm-hmm. reaching out to people who are genuinely trying to help people. Right. Who have a track record, a proven track record of helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, different scenarios. Yeah. I think some people who are like super insecure about themselves, if two people are in a relationship and the woman reached out to us and was asking for help. There are people out there in the world who would get pissed at her for putting information like that out in public. Oh, absolutely. And that's just a toxic mindset. I think you're right in saying it's an unbiased opinion. And if you're comfortable with us discussing it on a large platform that you are helping, you are looking for help as a last effort to make your relationship work. And anonymously. We're not naming people. Right. We're not picking sides. Yeah. I think a lot of dudes would appreciate that. Emotionally mature ones would for sure. Right. His smirk and shock was almost as good as your lifetime movie comment, Chris, about <laughs> wanting us to live our best life while watching you. I had a lot of people on my TikTok saying that's the best quote I have ever heard. Yeah. I want to put it on a t-shirt. It's like a good life inception. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite things I've ever said. Yeah. Yeah. Holding me tightly, he watched a segment and agreed with what was said. He is upset that he cannot fix me, that there is nothing he can do he could have done to prevent this. It was just a fluke accident, stepped wrong one too many times, stepped the wrong way one too many times, and the ankle just couldn't take it anymore. He admitted to being hyper-attentive when we are out because he doesn't want something else to happen to me. We talked for five hours. Mm-hmm. Five hours. Mm-hmm. Our podcast wasn't even that long. No. And, and, we, and we helped four people in that one. Right. <laughs> Out of what I would say her email was maybe 45 minutes. At most. And they talked for five hours about the things we discussed. Yep. And now their relationship's better. It's almost like we know what we're talking about. Almost. And yet people still want to hate on us. Yeah, they, they can. I don't That's care. That's crazy. That just blows my mind. Those who need to hear the message will. It's just wild that people will close a door that could possibly better their life purely based on our appearance. Oh, yeah, that happens constantly. Isn't that wild? They're not ready for this. They're not ready for it. I had somebody in my comments saying, oh, you guys are out here preaching biblical things and you look like that. And I was like, I I quoted that Bible verse. Yeah? Yeah, where God doesn't see man the way man sees man. He He looks at the the heart, heart. not the skin. Yep, 1 Samuel 16, 7. So you want to sit here and preach to me about how you're all godly, but you want to judge me when God doesn't? Yeah. Get out of here. Silly gooses. Silly geese. We have a whole flock of them at this point. We have people that subscribe to our YouTube just to talk shit. I love that. We do. We have the Tackle Box guy is subscribed. He he, just to talk shit on our videos. We have people (laughs) that are subscribed to our YouTube channel just to talk shit to us. You know, I was thinking about that. (coughs) People in the comments telling me I look like a Tackle Box and I must fear magnets. That one actually got me pretty good when I read that comment. That was funny. Yeah. They were like the one, her one true fear is magnets. And I was like, damn, that was good. But when people come at me for my appearance and saying I have too much metal in my face and all that kind of stuff. I would really enjoy if somebody came at me intellectually. Like if you came at to me, came at me with logic and we can have like a back and forth debate debate, then you have my attention as an hater. If you can give me an opportunity to expand my mind or change my opinion with logic, you have my undivided attention. Yeah. 
You're just telling me I look like a tackle box. Okay, next. I've heard that 40 times by now. Yeah. It's not original. If you think of something original, you might have my attention for a few seconds because I'll be impressed. Yeah. But all of you just think the same. Yeah, that magnet comment actually got somebody else that was in there was like, I have a bunch of piercings. This isn't even directed at me, but this got me. Yeah. They talked for five hours. We discussed everything. For the first time, I was truly emotional talking about the injury with him and what it meant. Our life, my life has changed indefinitely. I thought that I, w- I thought what I was feeling was excitement for what was to come. Okay, here's what's next. Let's go. But it's not. It's straight up anxiety. Moving forward, we aren't just... Okay. <laughs> I just had a thought in the middle of that sentence. So her saying she thought she was happy, but in reality, it's anxiety. When you don't sit down and process your emotions, you will never truly understand what you're feeling. Right. So... Have you ever seen that picture where it's like a bunch of different colored strings and it's all jambled up and then in the box next to it, it's those colored strings and circles and it says like joy, fear, happiness. Like when you feel your feelings, you're able to understand what you're feeling. Right. So in a moment like this where she thought she was happy about what was happening, she was truly just feeling anxious and probably trying to mask that with being right. Um, opportunistic is not the correct word. Optimistic. Optimistic. Yeah, I'm willing to bet after five hours of conversation, though, there was definitely a dopamine response and there mm-hmm. there had to have been some sort of relief. Right. Even if there was an anxiety there of what may come, there had to have been a relief there because that's a lot. Five mm-hmm. hours is a lot, especially when you get emotional. Oh, yeah, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, we aren't just going to talk anymore. We are implementing <clears throat> specific weekly check-ins starting tomorrow. I didn't think we needed it because we talk a lot about everything, but clearly we need very specific questions and knowledge. So she put permission to say things Right. that during this time, more than any other, we must be open and honest without fear, no matter what. Needless to say, now I feel lighter, exhausted, but lighter. There you go. As emotional as I was earlier today over what was said, I am thankful for your honesty. I needed to hear it and coming from an unbiased source drove it home everything. I can't deny it, and I own it. I know that I need to work on being better. Yes, I said it, I mean it, and I'm going to live it. He did warn me he is not going to relax when we are out because it is, it is his job to protect me. Mm-hmm. He is, however, going to watch his facial expressions. So instead of concern, he's going to sport the try it and find out face. Can we, can we implement hand signals in this scenario? I don't if, see why not. If she feels uncomfortable... There's something that she could do to signal him, like, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And it could be the same thing for him. It could be the same symbol for both of you. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with what you're doing right now. You, don't, you could be across the room, and mm-hmm. I can make a gesture, and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. You know when it's time to go. You know, yeah. when, you know whatever. We, we've established all of that. I want to <clears> give <throat> an example of that. So my hand signal to you when I am ready to leave a place is I'm going to touch my nose. Yep. That's all I'm going to do. And you know immediately you need to get me out of that building. Yep. It doesn't have to be like this massive hand signal talking in sign language. No. You could literally scratch behind your ear and he'll know you're uncomfortable, you need to leave, right. something's going on. Those things go a long way they because do. now now there's no scene. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going on. You don't have to make a, a big abrupt. He could be like, hey, I have diarrhea. I got to go. Right. And you guys can leave. Mm-hmm. You can make up any excuse you want. The babysitter just called. She's puking. We got to leave. Mm-hmm. You are in a stressful situation and I'm not. So if I see that signal, mm-hmm. I have to quickly think of something because you're clearly not in the mindset to do it. We're going to make an excuse and we're going to leave. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. But now 
if he's trying to watch his facial expressions, mm-hmm. if he's uncomfortable, there's a way for him to let her know. You guys could just text each other from across the room too, but yeah, we do that sometimes. The too. hand signals are a lot easier because you, you can't always just be on your phone. Right. It could ha- take you five or 10 minutes to see a text message. Right. Yep. I told him no in regards to trying to um, watch his facial expressions. I'd rather have my gentleman escort me. Mm. We joked around after to lighten things up. And as I write this, he has ordered Laura Doyle's book, Surrendered Wife and Empowered Wife for me and has written out Chris's recommendations for reviews later. So if you go to, um, so there's two things that I want you to look at on my, on our YouTube page. The first one is the recommended reading list. And I think that she's on our Patreon page. And if she's on Patreon, then go to, uh, I just posted it for Luca. There's my, my recommended reading for men. Um, I posted that on the Patreon, but there's also the, when you go to the report card, the check-in video on YouTube, if you look at the comments, it's pinned. So that entire <coughs> thing that we read off the questions and the communication tips are there. You can just copy and paste and put it on a notepad and print it. What? I hate people. What happened? Somebody just commented and said, tough to find logic from people who find it logical to do that to their face. Mm. Perfect example of you shutting a door that could possibly save a relationship you have going on in your life purely because we look like this. Yeah. If you if you got a package that was wrapped in wrapping paper that you didn't like, would you mm. not open it? Even better, if I bought, I don't know, let's say there's a woman who is obsessed with purses. I just bought this girl a Louis bag and she likes pink wrapping paper, but I wrapped it in green. Do you think she's still not going to open that gift? Right. Come on. Yeah, the message is the message. If you're not ready to hear it, that's okay. That's, that's okay. The message wasn't for you. What's the next email? Uh, advice question. It just says advice. Okay. I, I got to be honest. I don't, I don't want people taking I don't want everybody taking our advice. I, I don't want everyone to be involved in all this. Right. I really don't. I want the people who need it. Because I'm not trying to waste my time with people who don't. Right. So, like, if they're really not here to grow, mm-hmm. I, I move on. Yeah. Move on. We're not making money on this. Like, we're no, trying we're to. We are absolutely trying to get monetized and, like, really turn this into a full-time business mm-hmm. to hire people and, and, like, get a production team going and, like, really do the thing. That's the dream. Right. But it's not on me. Mm-hmm. It's not on you. It's not It's not how, how we're doing this. True. So if it becomes that, that's what it's meant to be. And if mm-hmm. it's not, then then we've reached the people that we needed to reach and, mm-hmm. and our calling has been shifted to something else. Yeah. It'll be what it is. You know, I, another one just popped up. A girl called me, pick me. Yeah. Which you've, is, you've been picked. I have been picked. It uh, just, it, it blows my mind because isn't feminism supposed to be about women supporting women and ending this oppression that's against us? Feminism is supposed to be about equality. A woman's right to work and do all the things that a man can do. Yeah. That 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 ended in the 60s. Mm. Women's right to vote was ratified in 1920. Right. Bill was put, passed in 1919. It was ratified in 1920. Mm-hmm. So it's been more than 100 years. We we actually had somebody comment on, on our YouTube channel about oppression and... um. <clears throat> because of one of the things that you had said about feminism and, and they were talking about <clears throat> oppression. And I'm like, you want, you want to talk about oppression, right? You talk about slavery and things that are horrible. That's happened over the last thousand years. I saw that comment. Why don't you look at what's happening currently in China where there's actually slave labor? Mm-hmm. Why don't we look at what's going on in the middle East where they will put you in a cage and set you on fire for being a homosexual or throw you off of a roof or do honor killings. Right. You want to talk about equality? Why don't you do it somewhere other than America? Mm-hmm. 
ain't got time for that. Right. You, you need a history lesson. <clears throat> they're, they're now saying that, that humanity has been here for 300,000 years. Like they, they're finding. Yeah. Right. So before it was 100,000. Now it's mm-hmm. been pushed back 300,000. And over that 300,000 years, there has been one form of slavery or another the entire time. Right. Every species, every, every race of human mm-hmm. has been enslaved at one time or another. Yeah. Some dating back within the last 100 years. Mm-hmm. Some currently still happening. Right. People don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about shit that happened to people that are no longer on this planet that is no longer affected by what's happening while people are currently being affected by it. Mm-hmm. And they ain't got shit to say. You can take your self-righteousness and stick it up your ass. I got no, no patience for that shit. I agree. In regards to that pick-me comment, I guess feminism wasn't the correct terminology to use. But women always scream, women should support women. I don't think that you should support somebody just because they share a gender with you. People are pieces of shit. Why right. should you support everyone just because of whatever? Right, but women want to yell, women support women. But because I'm saying something that you don't dis- that you disagree with... right? Even though it has proven to work in other relationships, you want to you want to degrade me. Right. When I speak on another woman who is asking, "How do I get a quality man? How do I get someone to take care of me?" and I point out, "It's because you're going to bars and you're looking for a quality man on Tinder." That's mm-hmm. not me shitting on you as a person. That's me pointing out your flaws and how you can get from where you are to where you want to be. Right. Pick me is not constructive criticism. No, it's not. Give me constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. How can I grow? Well, I mean, that's what you're trying to give them, and they're calling you names for it. Crazy. We heard somebody yesterday. We went, we went to a burger place in Venice yesterday. Oh, my gosh. And it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and the woman at the bar was shit-faced drunk. Oh, it was 2 when we walked in there. Was it? hmm So it was 2 o'clock. She was already drunk, trying to get men to take her home, talking about how she wants a sugar daddy and someone to support her so she doesn't have to work anymore and all this nonsense. She even said, I'd be willing to let you adopt me. Yeah. She was in her 40s. Mm-hmm. Two o'clock in the afternoon, shit yeah. face drunk. Tell me, tell me you're a real quality person on a Monday. Yeah. That's a sad person. I got no patience for that shit. That's somebody and, who's miserable. And that women supporting women, I, I don't support everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't support every man. Right. I don't care. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what you think you identify as. Mm-hmm. I don't care what race you are. If you're a piece of shit, I don't support you. Right. I don't want you around me. Mm-hmm. Like I deal with enough snakes. Right. I'm not trying to bring any more into my life. Just because you think that we might share something, you can move on. Mm-hmm. Move on. The idea of feminism is a scam. Right. So I have advice question here, but it's two separate emails. Is this the right one? I need some advice. Me too. <laughs> so I'm currently in a two and a half year relationship and we are currently engaged. I'm 20 and he's 23. We only knew each other for about a month before we started dating. We both grew up without an example of what a healthy relationship was like, and we both avoid conflict like the flu. Especially me. I catch myself thinking about things that bother me when I should be talking about them with my fiancé. After dating for about a month, he moved in with me. He wasn't working through the majority of our relationship or hasn't been able to hold a job steady for longer than a few months at a time. Well, I've been at my job for almost three years. I know that I've been very lax with this in the past, I know that needs to change. He also doesn't have his car or a license, so getting to or from work has been an issue in the past. Throughout the relationship, I have been the breadwinner. We are living paycheck to paycheck. However, I have expressed multiple times my desire to one day be a stay-at-home mom. Can we pause for a minute? How old did she say he was? 23. And he doesn't have a driver's license or a car? Mm -mm. 
How is that even possible? How look, I, I understand that it like I saw it on the news a year or two ago that kids are not getting they're not interested in getting their driver's license. Yeah. They don't want the responsibility. How? How the hell do you live that way? Mm-hmm. I got my restricted on my birthday and then I got my driver's license the following birthday. There's a freedom that comes in that. Why would you not want to have a driver's license? That is literally the ultimate freedom. Right. To get in a car and be able to go 300 miles mm-hmm. and just spend a day somewhere and do it in like two hours. How, why would you not want that freedom? Laziness. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to wrap my head around that. So he moved in a month after getting to know each other and he had no job. Mm. I would never let anybody move in with me without having a job. No. No, I'm not trying to support somebody else. Yeah, at that point, you're taking on a dependent. And at mm-hmm. that point, you've already shown them that you're cool with them not working. And she's they're living paycheck to paycheck, and she's the breadwinner, which yeah. means she's supporting him. Mm-hmm. And you're engaged to that. Why yeah. would you want to marry somebody that can't support you Mm-mm. as a woman? And, and I don't care if that's sexist or not. Men are supposed to provide. And if you've got somebody that can't provide, why would you marry that? You want to be the provider Yeah. while you're already living paycheck to paycheck? I'm good on that. I'm glad I'm not a woman. Yeah, I, I I don't understand if I would not agree to marry somebody who has shown me that they have no motivation. Mm-hmm. She, At, had, she had a consistent job for three years. Right. She has her own place. Mm-hmm. She has a car. She has her shit together. And he's and mooching. She's, she's younger than him. And he's mooching. Girl, find you a man that's got his shit together. Yeah, I, I, the way that I'm viewing this is I like, I found, he found somebody. If, if I were him, I'd be like, I just found somebody who's willing to take care of me, who's mm-hmm. not going to push me to do more than I'm already doing. I'm going to lock this shit down. Yeah. I'm going to marry her before she can get away. Because then once we're married, she's going to have to pay for a divorce. And that's going to be too expensive. She's not going to be willing to do that. Glad you said it, not me. Because that's how I view it too. Yeah. I don't understand that. I really don't. I don't either. I got to be honest, as a woman, so and, and this is going to trigger a lot of people. This is going to trigger a lot of men, too. Mm-hmm. If I was a woman and a man wanted to go on a dinner date with me and he didn't offer to pay mm-hmm. and I had to pay for that meal, I would never see that man again, ever. Mm-hmm. Unless it was clear that we're just going out as friends. And even then, the rule of the gentleman states, he who invites pays. Right. I pay for other dudes. I pay for the couples. If I invite people out to dinner, unless they are adamant about me not paying for them, if I did the inviting, I pay. Men ask women out on dates. Very rarely is it the other way around. Mm -hmm. So in the event that a man goes, I would like to get to know you better. Would you like to go to dinner? Would you like to get breakfast, brunch? You want to get a cup of coffee? I believe it's our duty to pay for that. You are showing the person that you are going, that you are courting, Mm -hmm. that you are trying to cement a relationship with that you are financially capable of mm-hmm. providing because I believe men are supposed to be the providers. Right. I, as a woman, I would never date a guy that, that oh, are you going to put out tonight? Because if not, we're splitting this bill. No, nah, bro, we're splitting this bill and I'm going home and yeah. I'll never see you again. I'm blocking your shit. Because that's that's the TikTok trend right now. <clears throat> what? You haven't seen those videos? No. They're at a, a table with a little digital display, split check or not. Hey, are you going to put out tonight? Am I going to am I going to get lucky tonight? And they're like, nope. And they hit split bill and turn it around so they can pay for their own shit. I I don't. I would still even. I would never ask that. Right. That's a shitty thing to ask someone. That is. If you if you're trying to smash on the first date, go on Tinder. Right. Like don't 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 even bother taking them out to dinner. You're wasting everyone's time. Mm-hmm. I would I would never ask that. No. I would pay for the dinner even if it was a disaster. I would still pay for that dinner and I would leave because your integrity means more. Right. 
And if I can't afford to, if I can't afford to buy you a cup of coffee or a meal, mm-hmm. fucking Panera Bread or some Burger King or whatever it is that you can afford to do, you should be working on you more than trying to find a relationship. Right. And I'm not saying you can't be broke and date because you absolutely can. But if you're spending your time chasing women and not chasing your dreams, that's a problem. I agree with that statement. I would rather level my life up and then find somebody later on or find somebody that's got the same work ethic that I have and build from there. But I, I'm not I'm not interested in, in spending time with people and going out on dates if I can't afford to pay for myself and, and like be that guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I don't care if that makes me chauvinistic or misogynistic or any other name that you want to throw on that. Fuck it. I'll be that. Right. That's just that's my belief system. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. Yeah. A lot of things in the universe blow my mind. The dating pool, the dating pool is, is messed up. People's integrity and their morals is messed up. I would never date again. If if something happens and you pass away, I I'm single for the rest of my life. Yeah. I will not try. I'm not trying to get to know somebody. I'm not trying to learn all your bad habits. I'm not trying to figure out somebody's triggers and how to love them. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, we weren't looking when we met each other. Yeah. You're it for me. Got lucky. Yeah, I fucking got lucky. I meant me, but yeah. I mean, if you feel that way too, that's dope. But you know, I feel that way. I just don't understand. I don't really, I really don't. And I you do. know, that comment that I mentioned earlier on YouTube was that's from, um, damn it, I just lost it. It was from a video that me, we made where we were talking exactly about this. Oh, it was the, the foodie calls. Yeah. That was on that video. The guy was like, well, you know, over a thousand years of oppression, the least that we can do is buy them a meal. Shut the fuck up. Just shut up. You're heated. I am. I, I want to punch people like that in the throat. So I'm going to continue reading. I like it when you talk, especially Thanks. when you do the side mouth thing. That yeah. You just did. <laughs> mm. Does it for me. Yeah. Yep. Everybody pay attention to her side mouth. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. They're watching me. <laughs> I have never. No, I'm not going to say I've never. It's been a while since I've been anxious about knowing people are watching me right now. Yeah. But you saying that you're like, Watch. Now I'm very aware that they're watching. I know, and you're also not doing it because I pointed it out. That uh, that disco stick video you made where you were making fun of the whole gray sweatpants thing yeah. is still my favorite video ever. But you did the side mouth thing a lot in that video. Right. And I saved that shit. I should try to post that again. You should try to post it again. See if it get flagged. If Oh, but if it does get flagged, I'm screwed. I'll post it on mine. Okay. I haven't. I don't have any violations right now. No, I don't want you getting a bunch <clears> of views from that. You're already passing me. Oh, I haven't yet. Oh, I'm close. You, I, I bet when you open your phone next, you passed me. I don't think I have. Do you want to find out while we're recording to see if I if I have surpassed the goddess? Yeah, why not? 183.9. I'm not there yet. You're 184 point something. All right, so back to the email. 184.8. So I, I am, I'm a less than a thousand away. Guys, follow Odin Zinc on, on TikTok. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> I've been trying to catch you for a hot minute. You just shot way past me. I was at like 40,000. Yeah. You hit like 120. Right. And I was like, there's no way I'm ever catching up. And now I'm I'm so close. Yeah. And you're going to make a TikTok and I'm just going to... No. I, I don't care to put my time in a TikTok anymore. Yeah. Because YouTube is so much more fun. Well, I have more productive things to do, like work on my apprenticeship and further my ooh, career. Ooh, wait a minute. You're saying that you are actually working on yourself instead of giving all your time to social media? Yeah. No. That's why my life is so good. No, that's not how progress happens. You're supposed to stay on social media and give all your time to it and just forget that real life exists. What, just argue with people or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay in the matrix. No, thank you. Okay. 
I, am, I, I, I enjoy the weather and the sun and the wind and the trees and playing outside with the kids and having hobbies and normal teas with other people. Mm-hmm. I am a lucky man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep going. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed of it. I work full time. She just did the side mop thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do this? Uh, I'll stop. Thank you. It's like pounding on the glass. I can't help myself. I'm going to get spooked. <laughs> going to swim away. No, I'm just going to start sweating and breathing really heavy and everyone's going to hear it. I don't know what to do with myself. Some people might be into that. Stop. <laughs> uh, I want to take my skin off. <laughs> it's because your bones are wet. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I really feel my lats from yesterday. and just Yeah. <laughs> you figuring out how to flex your lats over there <laughs> i'm no mr olympia but like i got some muscle guys <laughs> you showed me my trap the other day and i almost lost my mind yeah i videoed that that's muscle <coughs> yep. On me, my, me and my wimpy ass. Yep. Imagine where we'll be in a year from now. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of the working out thing, I know that we just kind of really derailed, but yeah, uh, my depression has been on the cusp yeah. for like two weeks now. And I have every day been like, I don't want to work out today. I'm not going to train today. No. And every day you're like, what? You're not going to train today. And I'm like, no, I'm going to train. <laughs> Bet you're glad you're still doing it. Though. I am because I know that if I stopped training, I would have to start all over again when I did start lifting again. Right. And like the important workouts are the ones that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But because I haven't been into it because of my injury and, and now the depression, like I just don't care right, right now. Yeah. And I know that I will two or three months from now. I'd be like, yeah, I'm really glad I kept going. But I don't have the desire to do it right now. So yeah. your excitement and you wanting to go and me supporting you by going out there with you to work out is keeping me motivated and keeping me going. Well, it's keeping me going. I'm not definitely not motivated. Right. But those little victories that you get, the lats in the chair, the mm-hmm. trap video, things like that, makes me grateful that I'm still going. And this is why it's important to work out as a couple. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. There's a lot of people that won't want to work out together. Mm-hmm. They'll go to the gym together and then separate versus actually training together. And we actually train together. We do. Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. Um, I work full time. We agreed that he would do the housework while I work. And when he does go back to work, we'd split it half and half. But he just sleeps all day. I fear that I'm so scared to hurt his feelings that I'm just going to allow this to continue happening. Ew. Yeah. You got yourself a little boy. Got a little boy. Girl, I, I, I'm going to read that. I wanna, I'm going to read that back to you one more time. I fear that I'm so scared to hurt his feelings that I'm just going to allow this to continue happening. Mm-hmm. So 20 years from now, you're going to be 40 with a 40 year old man who doesn't work, has no ambition in his life. You are still struggling living paycheck to paycheck because you have not been able to pursue whatever you want to pursue in your life because you're taking care of a child. You are going to regret so much in your life. Mm-hmm. you you guys, probably will have kids. There's going to be a lot of arguing in front of those kids. You're going to mess up those kids' childhood. They're going to grow up 
repeat the same pattern that you're doing. Your daughter's going to get with a man who doesn't have any ambition in his life, going to mooch off of her, and you're going to look back at your life and be like, I should have never done that to myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it all while you're financially struggling. Yep. She's going to make everything that much worse. In this scenario, I understand not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings that you love. But when you think about sacrificing the rest of your life to placate another person mm-hmm. over my dead body. Yeah. A whole lot of conversations need to be had here. And and I got to be honest, two and a half years ain't shit. It's not. That's nothing in terms of relationships, a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. I had a woman come in. I pierced her. She, she was married for 48 years. Yep. And she lost her husband. Yeah. He she just recently lost her husband. Right. Yeah. He passed away unexpectedly. Yeah. So two years is nothing. You're not married. You, you, you're engaged, but the man can't, you know, how is he going to afford a wedding? How, how is he going to afford any of that shit that's got to be paid for? Girl, did you pay for your own ring? Ooh. If you are wearing a ring, did you pay for your own ring to get engaged? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't think about that. I but, paid for my own engagement ring the first time I got oh, married. Oh, I was like, no, you, no, fuck you didn't. <laughs> the first time I got married, I paid for my own engagement ring. And looking back, that was a red flag that I should have walked away. Don't make the same mistakes I have. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I want to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. Right. I'm just gonna I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think that really when it comes down to it, like you guys need to, to really sit down and you need to lay out your expectations of him mm-hmm. and what you expect of a man. Yeah. And that needs to happen before you get married. Right. His feelings are going to be hurt. Nobody wants to hear that they're not good enough right, right. now. And people are going to get upset that I said good enough. But there's times like right now, this is not good enough. She's living mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck, struggling, supporting a man who's putting in zero effort into this relationship. Sleeping all day. That's not good enough. Yeah. You have to be better. I would put in a lot of expectations. And if he's not willing to change anything, that shit becomes stipulations. Yeah. Uh, those expectations need to be like, if you want us to marry, if you want me to actually marry you, mm-hmm. here's a list of things that you need to accomplish before I say I do. And then here's a list of things that need to happen within the next year. Mm-hmm. And here's a list of things that need to happen within the next six months. Yeah. If you fail the six months list, I'm out. Yeah. You get to a year. If you fail that year, I'm out. Mm-hmm. If by two years you haven't met the marriage expectations, I'm out. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, with not accepting bullshit from people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, this is not a threatening divorce. It's not threatening a breakup. It's you are not meeting the expectations of a man for me. Right. And I know that there are men out there who will meet these expectations. I love you and I want you to meet these expectations mm-hmm. so that we can move forward with our life because I'm not willing to support you forever. Um, I don't remember what I was saying, but the point of it where I was going was that love is not enough. No, it's not. It's not. Mm-mm. If you're not willing to put in the work and it is work. It's it's not like hard work. Mm-hmm. It it should be enjoyable. It should be a learning process. It should be trying to learn each other's quirks and trying to figure out what works and then working together as a team to have all this amazing shit. But you think it's not work to be with somebody for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years? <coughs> it is a constant ebb and mm-hmm. flow and growth and detachment and then reattachment and mm-hmm. learning because as we grow, my hobbies are going to change. Right. My interests are going to change. Yours are going to change. We might get to a point where you want to go swimming every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not going swimming. Right. I don't want to be in the pool. I don't want to be in the sun. I will sunburn. Mm-hmm. I have no desire for that. But I'll go hiking. 
I'll go, I'm not going to the beach. Son, I'm not doing that. Right. So now we have to find an outdoor activity that we both enjoy. Mm-hmm. If we can be in the shade, I'll go swimming. Four wheelers. In, in the shade. <laughs> and it's not even that, you know, I hate the heat. Right. I really do hate the heat. But if I walked to the mailbox with no shirt on, I would come in pink. Yeah. I burn. And I know over time that would stop. Mm-hmm. But if I went and did an outdoor activity all day long, I would sunburn. I'd blister. I'm not doing that. Right. I'm four wheel at nighttime. <laughs> that would be fun. Go swimming at nighttime. Kayaking at nighttime. You would not go kayaking at nighttime. Uh, maybe. You know that I have don't, kayaks in don't storage. Don't get my right? hopes up. I know we have kayaks in storage. I'm excited about the kayaks in storage, but you've always turned down the kayaks in storage. So don't get my hopes up saying you'll go kayaking at night as a maybe and get me all excited. Sunburn. Right, but kayaking at night, would you still go kayaking? We got to find those shrimp things so that when you paddle, the water turns like that. Oh, the bioluminescence? Yeah. There's places in Florida that I know happens. there are. That would be exciting. That would be pretty dope. <coughs> so before going on, I'm going to piggyback <laughs> off of what you said. I'm going to reiterate, don't drown for someone who refuses to stand up in mm-hmm. three feet of water. Mm-hmm. Not worth it. I'm also afraid that we stopped growing together. We barely talk, even during check-ins. He shuts down, and I follow suit. I know we're extremely codependent, but more than that, I'm afraid we're trauma-bonded. I'm going to therapy to work on these, and he just refuses. Trauma-bond is a buzzword. It's bullshit. If you are truly unhappy with a scenario, and you know that you have an opportunity to better your life, and you don't take it, Mm -hmm. that's a you problem. Right. You you can call it whatever you want. You can make up any buzzword you want to throw onto something like that, but your future and your destiny and your life is in your hands. Mm -hmm. You know that you have the ability to walk away. It'll suck. It will definitely suck. No one said the shit will be easy, Mm -hmm. but it's doable. Yeah. When people say that phrase, it's impossible. No, it's not. It's not impossible. You're scared of change. You're scared of life getting hard. You know how many people saying I have nowhere to go? We get comments constantly. Well, he controls all the money. I have nowhere to go. You got a car? Do you own your car? Mm -hmm. You can live in your car. I slept in my car for a while. I was homeless for three years. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't easy. The shit sucked. It's doable. You can find a friend and go sleep on a couch. Mm -hmm. You can go to a a women's shelter. Go to a church. Find a church group. I'm being abused. I need a place. Go to a fire station. They'll help you. Yep. There's always a choice. Obviously, it's not to that extent with them. Right. That was in refresh, you know, in reference to people saying that they don't have a choice. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. Also, the fact he refuses. Shows you everything you need to know. Right. So why stay with somebody who's going to stunt your own growth? Yep. He's going to see you making progress and resent you for that. Absolutely. And that's the right word because he will envy your success. Right. And he's going to try to drag you back down and pull you back down to his level because he doesn't want you to succeed without him, but he's not willing to take the steps to succeed with you. Right. Or he'll try to mooch off that success. Mm -mm. I don't see a scenario in that where there's a a hell yeah. Right. Not even a little bit. Also, there is no more intimacy. I don't ever hear that I'm beautiful. Only when I'm naked. That would upset me. Mm -hmm. We haven't had sex in months. And part of that is my fault as I'm burnt out and just have no energy at home. Feels like everything changed when I got off birth control. I was on the depot shot for almost two years, and in that time, I gained a good amount of weight and lost a good amount of self-confidence. I'm slowly getting better at negative self-talk, especially in the mirror. I just don't understand why he isn't as attractive to me as he used to be. Because your intimacy is gone. Because you're seeing how lazy he is. Mm -hmm. You're past the rose-colored glasses of thinking he's the most amazing person. You're truly seeing him for who he is, someone who lacks ambition, who doesn't want to have a job, who doesn't want to contribute, who's okay with doing the bare minimum in life. 
and is okay with mooching off of you. But I'm willing to bet that if he was still chasing her and lusting after her and trying to be intimate, all of those things, she would still overlook him. People don't realize how important that shit mm -hmm. is. The intimacy matters. People want to be desired. They want to be fond over. They want to be loved. I think it's more than that. Even if he's giving all of the intimacy and he's still not helping around the house and everything is on her, that doesn't matter. Well, yeah, because in that scenario, she would still be absolutely exhausted. Right. That comes into the whole conversation that we've had over and over and over again. If you give everything you have to something, you're not going to have anything to give your partner. Mm -hmm. So there's to that. And right. like she, it doesn't sound like she's got anything besides work and her mm -hmm. home life. I guarantee you there's there's nothing in the email about things that she does to keep her herself happy. You know, right. we, we talk about three or four things every single day that make you happy to continue to, to have your life. Mm -hmm. You know, yours is a bathtub, sitting outside a couple times a day, coloring yeah. with the kids. Like, Yeah, today while you were gone, you were getting the car taken care of and whatnot. I cleaned the whole house for two hours. Well, I didn't clean the whole house. I swept and mopped the whole floor, cleaned the kids' area, and I cleaned the whole kitchen. Two hours. You were gone for like three and a half I sat outside and I read. Yeah. I considered doing, doing something that makes you happy. Right. I considered painting, but right. Well, you've been doing that a lot too. Yeah. And we've been sitting in the hot tub, mm -hmm. you know, um, to have that, that time to do something that truly makes you happy. Right. Not just because it needs to be done. Cleaning is not a thing that makes you happy. Uh, Some, kind of is. Something that, that you get to do that is fulfilling, mm -hmm. true enjoyment. When you do those things, you're recharging your battery. Well, you know, in lawyer, Laura, Laura Doyle's book, she mentions doing things that you do because you enjoy them and then doing something that when it's completed, it's going to make you feel good. And cleaning is one of those things right. for me. An accomplishment. Right. Yep. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? It's important that you keep those separate, though, that you don't think that you, you know, you need to know the difference between enjoyment and accomplishment. Right. Being an having something accomplishment, those little victories are dope. Mm -hmm. We need those. Everyone needs those. Right. You celebrate that little victory for a minute and then move on to the next goal mm -hmm. or achievement or whatever you need to do. That That's a super important thing. But people don't realize like, like the last email that chick getting back into photography. Mm -hmm. um, we that, had, we had somebody else is doing the same thing. That shit can be light changing. Mm -hmm. Getting back into something you truly enjoy doing can change your whole perspective on your life. Yeah. Well, and then it also changes your your um, the energy and the output, mm -hmm. who, who you are as a person, because now you're coming home recharged and excited and happy. And <clears throat> if you go from being miserable all the time and complaining about everything to get in a hobby and coming back excited and cheerful and talking fast and being animated and all the things that your man originally loved you for, mm -hmm. he's going to see that side of you again. And it's going to regain the intimacy because now you're being right. attractive to him instead of being negative and like... You're a light in his darkness. Shit goes a long way. It's going to be drawn to you like a moth to a flame. Yep. That's how I landed you. Yeah? Yeah. It was actually. Next month, I go back to school for my esthetician. 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 I'm really hearing my lisp. License. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I won't be home from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. That's a fucking day. Holy crap. That is a 14-hour day. That is rough. That's what I used to work at my merchandising jobs. It's a very long day. This scares me. It should. I know that right now... I can't be the wife he deserves. He's not being the husband you deserve. Ooh. Why is that all on you? 
He is not being the husband you deserve. Why would he get the wife he deserves in return? It's not one-sided. There are two people when it comes to a relationship. Oh, and her next sentence is, and he can't be the husband I deserve. <laughs> well, at least we're in agreement. <laughs> I'm glad we agree. <laughs> I literally just had to keep reading. Why am I like this? Because this is what we do. Why do I do this to myself? If we, if, what if she didn't say that? You're right, because it does happen constantly yeah. where it's just not said. And AJ said that, that the way that we read the emails, the format that we have works because we we hit a lot of points that would have never been hit in the email if we just read the whole email and then talked about it. I love that. Yep. We both have so much work to do on ourselves, and it mostly feels like I'm the only one putting in hard work. I concur. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that same reading off of your email. More than anything, I'm scared that if we end things, he has nowhere to go and he will go back to using drugs again. That is not your problem. That is not your problem. It is not your problem to safeguard him. You are not his gatekeeper. You are not his mother. Mm-hmm. You are not God. You are not this man's salvation. It's crazy. It's almost like everyone is responsible for their own actions. If that man goes back to drugs because you leave him, that is a choice that he made. It's a him problem. Yep. He has one of two options if you decide to leave this man. He can wake up and realize that he needs to step up his game in order to procure the life that he wants for himself in the future, or he can throw it all away and go back to drugs because he wants comfort. Right. And who's to say that he's not going to go back to drugs while you guys are together? That's true. Addicts are addicts forever. Mm-hmm. He's always thought that if everyone leaves, and I always wanted to show him that it wasn't true. Oh, he's always thought that everyone leaves. I always wanted to show him that it wasn't true. So there's a common denominator there. That goes back to what I said. Yeah. You cannot stay in a relationship because you think you can fix somebody. If someone is constantly pushing people out of their life (coughs) and it's a repetitive pattern, common denominator. Yep. And if you get offended by that, you're probably the common denominator too. But I'm getting less than the bare minimum. And right now I'm a lost. I so, so much appreciation for you both. Also, I just wanted to say thank you. You give me the strength to implement weekly check-ins and to be as honest as possible. I'm slowly getting better at expressing myself and telling him what I need from him to feel loved. And he's also getting better at deciphering his feelings. He needs to step his shit up. I would not say I do that man until what you said is implemented. Yeah. Six months, one year and two year goals. Yep. And if those six months goals are not reached, I'm out. You don't want to waste your life on a man who's not going to put work into it. Right. You're going to start feeling like a mommy. There's going to be resentment. And in 20 years, you're going to hate that man. Yeah. If you even make it that far. Yeah. And what happens, and, and this is one of those conversations that actually happens, but what happens if you stay with this man for the next 10 years, end up having two or three kids, mm-hmm. things don't work out. And now you've got a spiteful drug addict ex, three kids, mm-hmm. nothing to show for your life because you guys haven't built anything. Them asking where there's where their dad is, why right. he doesn't love them. And then trying to hopefully find another good man that's going to step in and be a, a stepdad to three kids when you're in your 30s. Dealing with your drug addict ex. Yeah. Because that's going to be a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of shit to think about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, you, it, you know, they say that a woman from 25 to 30, or what is it, 22 to 25, mm-hmm. is the most attractive she'll ever be. But... 25 to 30 is when they start getting their life together. 30, they find God and start to slow down a little bit because they realize that they they need to to settle down at that point, especially if they want to have kids because they're getting older. I just don't, I don't know, man. I I, got to be honest. I say all the time that 
women don't marry shitty partners. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I can't say that anymore. No, you can't. Yeah. I've been saying that for a while. I know women who have married men just because they don't want to hurt their feelings. That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Yep. I'm going to ruin my life because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You guys mm-hmm. need to grow a backbone. I followed through on my first marriage because I felt bad telling everybody to go home. Seriously? Mm-hmm. The day of my wedding, I was having second thoughts, and I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway because people came from out of state. Next email. That was it. That was all four. Oh, that was all four That was all four. Wow. That was a lot. Yep. So I want to talk about the video game thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're at two hours already on this. Wow. But there's going to be things cut out, so it'll be under two hours as of right this second. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably. But I I want to talk about the video game game thing a little bit. Okay. One of the emails was talking about the dude playing video games. He used to play video games as a form of escape. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who I was watching or listening to. But the conversation of drugs got brought up and how people are an addict. And people who take drugs to escape their reality, they're addicts. You know, they do they do that. Mm-hmm. They then brought up the video game thing and said that people who play video games for 6, 10, you know, 12 hours a day or do it every single day are doing it to escape something in their life. And we see people on TikTok constantly saying that my husband just plays video games all day long. He comes home and gets right on his console and plays video games with his friends and doesn't do anything around the house. Mm-hmm. That is a form of escapism. He's yeah. trying to escape his reality. There's a scenario in that when you really think about it, like he's not happy with his life. Right. And he's choosing to play video games and a fulfill an addiction mm-hmm. than to actually sit down. And there's a difference between having a hobby and having an addiction. Right. You know, we, we're, we're hobby photographer, photographers. We go mm-hmm. out and, and do photography once or twice a week for an hour or two at a time together. Mm-hmm. If I was gone eight hours a day with my camera while you were here doing nothing and it was just me leaving you constantly, mm-hmm. it's me leaving you. Right. It's no different than somebody coming home from work and getting on a console and ignoring your family, male or female, because you want to escape the, the life that you've built for yourself. When I heard that, it clicked. So like now I really hate video games. Yeah. And and I understand that like I don't hate it in that it's it can be a hobby for some people. Mm-hmm. I we have we have a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox here. Like and we have gaming computers, but we get like maybe an hour a month where mm-hmm. we sit down and play video games. It's just not, it's too time consuming and, and like not beneficial to us. Right. <clears throat> For people who need that release, mm-hmm. fine. It's a hobby. If that's really what you enjoy doing, I, I get it. But when you are doing it for eight hours a day or that's all you do in your free time and you're neglecting your family, you really need to stop and think about what you're doing. And if you're escaping your family by playing video games, you probably shouldn't be with your family anymore. Right. Maybe you need to go to therapy. Maybe you need to find, you know, your intimacy again or try to reconcile with your woman or, or your partner or whatever the case may be. But if you're spending more time playing video games and you are spending time with your kids, you're not being a father. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I thought about that a lot. And, like, I understand the addiction aspect of it, but I never correlated the escapism of it. No, I get that. That's how I was able to, like, gauge my growth as a human being. I used to play Skyrim eight to 10 hours a day and it's because I hated my life. I didn't want to be in my life anymore. So it was escapism. And once I started processing my bullshit and actually enjoying things in life and being excited about the small things, like you said, I haven't turned that Xbox on in a month. Yeah. That's how I was able to gauge my own growth is when I started, when I stopped turning to video games to escape what was going on and just started facing that shit head on processing my things and just enjoying life. Mm. I don't really enjoy video games. 
Yeah. Like I used to. I used to play Destiny all the time, but my friends were on there mm-hmm. and like I enjoyed Destiny. It, Destiny was it a fun was, game. It was one of those things that at the time my ex played, so like we all played together. It was mm-hmm. it was a, a community that we had. But it wasn't like we were neglecting our lives to play video games. <clears throat> so if you have a, a scenario where you're a gaming couple and that's the hobby that you guys have and you guys are fucking murking people on Call of Duty together, mm-hmm. you are spending quality time. In that aspect, you both see that as quality time together. Right. But if one person's miserable and the other person's playing video games, it's it, you really need to look at the scenario and, and try to ascertain what's going on in your life that you're trying to escape. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else to say. I don't either. I just, when I heard that, it, it made me think about it in a different light. So right. I figured I would share it because it did make me think differently. Right. So I bet that'll make other people think differently too. It might. It might. You call it? Yep. Dope. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed that, found it entertaining funny, or even learn something you didn't know before, share it. And if you're not subscribed, why aren't you? And for those of you who want to support us, get access to exclusive content and live streams, we do have a Patreon. All the links are in the description.